Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Okay, so we do have breaking news. I'm sorry. Uh, We have breaking news. We have just learned uh, President Biden has been uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Let's get straight to Jeremy Diamond at the White House. Jeremy, how is the president's health overall? Uh, Obviously, he's fully vaccinated, boosted, but he did just come off this big overseas uh, trip. Yeah, listen, uh, this is obviously very significant news, but also very different from when we had a president of the United States last test positive for COVID. That was when President Trump had it. That was before he had been uh, vaccinated. In this case, President Biden is vaccinated and he is also double boosted, but he is experiencing, we're told, uh, very mild symptoms, according to the White House. And he has begun taking a course of that antiviral Paxlovid. Now, we should learn a couple of things from this. First, get well soon, Mr. President. I don't wish COVID on anybody. I don't wish the flu on anybody. Why would you do that? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you guys. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. First, get well soon. Second, vaccines don't work on variants. It doesn't matter if he's been boosted 150 times. Now, I've had uh, doctors tell me that if you're vaccinated, you still will have some lessened symptoms they look at that as a good thing but it's not going to stop you from getting covid nothing is going to stop you from getting covid everyone who said if you're not vaccinated you're going to kill my grandma was a liar and a fraud and they should be told so you should say so you should not feel any shame about saying so they were all liars News outlets and doctors and social media. Oh, you have to get vaccinated or otherwise you're going to get other people sick. Forced vaccination. All garbage. All of it was trash told by liars. Uh, Oh, man, if I let myself go, if I let myself go, I'd be burning bridges like it was my job. If I if I let myself go, you'd call me Tony Matchstick because I'd be burning stuff left and right. That's pretty good, man. COVID doesn't care about your vaccine. Doesn't. You can be vaccinated and boosted and still get COVID. Does the vaccine reduce symptoms? Well, when we talk about COVID and Delta, yes. On the variants, I don't know. You guys know I, I got back from Vegas. I had a cold. I didn't get myself tested. I didn't even think to get myself tested. I've had a cold before. This was it. This was it. This was the cold. I know umpteen people who have had this cold. Is it COVID? Maybe. I mean, it is the middle of summer, but people get colds in the summer. You're going from heat to cold and the air conditioning, everything else. It's very, very possible. Was it COVID? Well, maybe it was. But it, prevent, it presented like a cold or a flu. My wife had it worse than I did. I never had a body ache. I never had a chill. I never had a fever uh, of, of, of any level of note. My wife did. Was it COVID? Don't know. You treated it the way you treated it. You took medicine. You drank ginger ale. You watched The prices is Right. That's how these things are done. It's science, people. Science. Maybe a little chicken soup in there. (laughs) Maybe. Definitely some chicken soup in there. All good. My brother, who is a doctor, the good Dr. Katz, he got sick for a while. Was it COVID? (laughs) Beats me. He's fine. 
Lots of people getting this variant. We should don't deny that. That's a ridiculous thing to deny. Lots of people getting this variant, and it's presenting in this way. People are not dying from it. This brings us to Joe Biden, President of the United States. I told you that my very healthy wife had those flu-like symptoms and the fever and, and everything that went with it. When they tell me Joe Biden has mild symptoms, I don't know what that means. Mild symptoms compared to what? Mild symptoms compared to somebody who was in a, in a hospital and had to be put, uh, 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 had to be intubated? Mild symptoms compared to other people who have flu-like symptoms? I put forth to you that I am not so sure Joe Biden would well handle some flu-like symptoms. I say this solely and only of a personal opinion, having no medical understanding of his condition whatsoever and certainly would not be able to diagnose the man. I make no diagnosis. Based on the anecdotal, remember, I lost my voice for a couple days. I just felt tired for a couple days. I'm in relatively good health. I am probably in the best health of my life. That's saying something. I have been working the last two years to take much better care of myself, working out every morning. I'm physically stronger than ever before. Damn, do I look good. I mean, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I mean, I, I don't even know if you know the expression piece of ass, but damn, <sighs> damn, I look good. Seriously, and and still, I I I felt lethargic. Right, I was tired. It 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 was a cold. You know how you feel. You're like, oh, oh, let me just sleep. Leave me alone. Let me. I hate you all. Yes, I'm talking to my children. I hate you. Get out. We've all been there. Good lord. I have no idea, and I and I want to say for the record, I absolutely do not believe the White House at all when they tell me very mild symptoms. I don't believe the White House at all. That is a very personal, personal take. And, 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 and while I engage personal takes often, this one's a little more pointed. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I get that I'm saying it, and I understand how you're, you, you may very well be taking it. Why would I trust these people? For what purpose do I trust this administration? Do I trust these conversations i don't i don't and they already went into we well, see it's different than trump because biden's been vaccinated you're right the vaccine was just coming out when trump got it thank goodness for operation warp speed and the ability to have a vaccine did you have to have a vaccine in order to be healthy? No. Plenty of people didn't get vaccinated, got COVID, were totally fine. And if you got COVID now, you, you would say, oh, it's the flu. Not a big deal, except, you know, it's a pain in the ass, right? It, it's not a big deal because it's not necessarily going to put you in a hospital, not necessarily going to kill you. It's a big deal because, uh, man, it, 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 you feel terrible. You feel terrible, right? That's what you do with the flu. Why would I believe in any way, shape, or form, the White House when they tell me mild symptoms. However, I say that as an American free to engage that conversation. If I was the White House, that's exactly what I would say.
Because the last thing in the world you want to do is signal to any world leader that your leader is not in a good position. You would never, ever signal such a thing. Now, I don't believe anybody can lie to us. And if there are issues, we have to be told. Just like we're being told that he has COVID. If they didn't tell us, I'd be out of my mind. I'd be out of my head. If Trump had COVID and they didn't tell us, I'd be nuts. Nuts. So telling us is is the clear right thing to do. The absolute right thing to do. And I'm glad that they did it. How's his health? I don't actually know. But I'm not trusting this White House. I only hope for the best for him. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. You know, as I was discussing earlier, I, I am surprised that the Republican Party went strong on abortion. Considering how weak they are on so many other things. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Always a pleasure, guys. Always a, a, a pleasure. Exceptions for rape, incest, life of the mother. And of course, that's not enough for the Democratic Party because, you know, I'm utilizing the term. They favor recreational abortion. Abortion anytime, all the time, no questions. You know, I, I use this line. If the Republicans said we're going to have unfettered abortion to the moment of birth and it's going to be free on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, the Democratic Party would say, why not Thursdays? They're not happy unless it's nonstop abortions, raining abortions. It's very weird. But I was, I was surprised that the Republican Party... Um, engage with such strength on the subject exceptions for rape incest life of the mother we'll, we'll see if things maneuver and change from that a little earlier today on the morning show i spoke with angela gabrowski who's running for congress in the seventh district running against andre carson uh because there are local races that matter to us greatly so let me share that conversation with angela gabrowski right now as we move into election season we have people running for office right here, and we're going to get to as many of them. In the Indiana 7th, the district uh, re- currently represented by Congressman Andre Carson, Angela Grabowski is running for that seat as the Republican winning the nomination. Uh, Ukrainian-born, uh, recently spent some time uh, in Israel soon after the election, then came back and, and started working uh, seemingly aggressively on her campaign, she joins us right now on the DriveHubler.com hotline, Angela Gerboski. It is Angela for Indiana.com. We saw President Biden take this trip to, to Israel and to Saudi Arabia, and there was a conversation of what was the purpose of the trip? What was the tangible deliverable coming from it? You you watched. You, you saw what he had to say. He, he's back from that trip. What do you make of that trip, and was there anything obtained? Good morning, Tony. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm not sure the good word is tangible. Uh, you know, Biden, I saw Biden visiting Israel, uh, pledging, of course, his support, uh, telling them that, they, you know, the relationship between America and Israel bone deep and it continues to grow. So I, I'm not sure. 
how can he say that when at this as he's talking to the Israeli prime minister, his own State Department uh, is establishing the U.S. Office of Palestinian Affairs. Uh, you know, it, it, all it is is just, in my opinion, is just the lip service. Uh, we know that uh, 80 members of Congress a couple of weeks ago prior to his uh, trip to Israel sent him a letter asking him to reconsider opening a so-called consulate in East Jerusalem, because what that would mean is that U.S. no longer recognizes Jerusalem as the eternal and undivided capital of the state of Israel. So I don't see neither Biden or my opponent, Andre Carson, uh, as friends of uh, Israel. You know, um, Carson. But, but before before I let you go to to that point, Congressman Carson, uh, very, very friendly and supportive of Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, has referred to her in the past as his sister. It is Congresswoman Tlaib who has put uh, post-it notes of Palestine over Israel on the map in her office, uh, engaged in these uh, conversations of, of Israel's existence, referring to it as an apartheid state. Uh, why would Congressman Carson's position on Israel matter to the people of the Indiana 7th? Listen, I think uh, this position should matter not only to the 7th, but also to the whole United States. Israel is our best ally, and Israel does have the right to exist. Uh, So, but uh, Andre Carson, as you said, he's very close to the Rashida Tlaib, to the squad, as uh, we call them. And in the recent years, he moved his positions to the far, far left. Last year was the first year when he decided not to vote to provide funding for Iron Dome. And again, when I was in Israel, I saw the rockets flying from Palestine uh, to the Israeli side. Israeli children live in fear. They wake up every morning not knowing what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, there were nine people who did not vote to fund the Iron Dome, a a defense system for those Israeli children. You know, we're helping, helping people all around the world and helping them to have the security uh, and especially the money that are allocated toward that defense system, most of it is staying in the United States because it is um, all of the uh, Iron Dome is made right here in the United States, providing jobs for the people in America. So, but uh, again, we know that he's moved too far uh, to the left. He is pro-BDS movement, um, pro-boycott, divestiture, and sanctions. Uh, he believes that uh, Israel is an occupier, uh, just like his uh, good friend, Rashida Tlaib. Talking to Angela Grabowski, running for Congress in the Indiana 7th. Angela for Indiana 
dot com. We're going to be speaking more as as the election goes on, but specifically to the seventh, you go to your website. You you've got the issues that that you're talking about: economy, foreign policy, education, crime, immigration. As you speak to people in the seventh, what is the top subject? While we still have about sixty seconds, what's the top subject they're focused on? What is it that you're hearing that they're talking about that you feel that Congressman Carson isn't, and why you're a better choice? I'm a better choice, uh, I think, because I have uh, more qualifications. Uh, I came to this country with nothing, not knowing English, have been able to educate myself, my children, build three successful businesses, reach financial independence and live American dream. I employ people and I sign the front of the checks and I don't I know how to build the business and how to get out of the poverty. So, and uh, again, unfortunately, he's been in his seat for 14 years. And when I talk to people about him, uh, all I get is uh, that, you know, he is our brother. Uh, We're voting for him because of his name and because he's black. So I'm hoping that... uh, uh, when the election comes, people are going to see that my qualifications are definitely beating his and my desire to help uh, is much stronger than his. He's spending 80 percent of his time in Washington. People are telling me that they haven't seen him for years. They don't know what he is doing. Uh, and they're just telling me that they ha- kind of have been pre-programmed to vote for him because of his name. So I think it's time for them to look at the other candidates because the situation in the seventh is is dire. Uh, Just like all over the United States, uh, people are experiencing pain at the pump. Uh, Gas prices are through the roof. We need to get back to energy independence. This is core of our existence here in America. We need to get... uh, our budget under control and stop printing money and giving them to countries who don't like us. Uh, we, we need to take care of America first. We need to get that inflation under control. So, of course, financial pain is there, but there are other pains. The crime, uh, again, is uh, worse in uh, decades. We know that Indianapolis is the second in uh, the United States in the amount of murders per capita after Philadelphia. This is unacceptable. So we need to get criminals off the streets. And I hope that the new prosecutor, Cindy Carrasco, will do that. But where I come in is to start working with the community on the causes of that crime. And in my opinion, we need to get our education uh, to the point where kids can read and write. Uh, Unfortunately, in the Marion County, three out of five kids cannot read or write at their grade level. Uh, We agree. The problems are... are are multifold. We're going to talk more about this. I'm up against it for time, so I I have to go. Angela Gabrowski is her name. Angela for Indiana.com. It's important to recognize when you've lost a battle. It's important to know what it is in that battle that you lost and how to better prepare for a battle next time. 
it's important to learn from mistakes, not to make the same mistakes over and over again. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it is good to be with you. Kurt Schlichter joins us right now. He is the author of his, well, he's the author of many books. The latest is We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America, which for me engages a great part of this conversation and it dovetails uh, into his latest over at townhall.com. The next Republican president must fix the military first. One thing at a time, Kurt Schlichter, uh, retired United States Army, full colonel. He is the author of the Kelly Turnbull series of books, which you can get on amazon.com, uh, a series of books that you can find in good uh, bookstores everywhere. Now the question comes, the fall and rise of America will be back. Let's start with, I think, the most basic question, what makes you so sure? Well, Tony, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, we're winning. And, and, and if you look at what happened in uh, Virginia, we had a blue state go red. And not, not weak red. Youngkin is not soft. He's not Mitt Romney, uh, you know, 150 pounds of Miracle Whip stuffed in a $5,000 suit. Uh, we've had people, uh, you know, materializing at school boards to fight back against CRT. We've had our Latinx friends go 50% Republican, 50%. That's, that is unbelievable, especially in, in light of the fact that the Democrats thought that they had uh, a, a permanent new constituency that would always obediently vote for them. Well, that didn't happen. But most of all, Tony, most of all, the reason I'm optimistic is because I can't see losing to this gaggle of weirdos, losers, and mutations. I can't see losing to the woke crowd, the CRT people, the, the, the ones who don't know what bathroom to use. I'm just unwilling to let them win, and I can't imagine that it could ever happen. Now, I, of course, uh, agree with you. There is a tremendous amount of winning, but maybe more than we call it winning, it, there is this recognition uh, that what it is that the political left is putting forward does not connect with where the American people are at. So when I talk about the idea of learning from mistakes, is it about letting the left do what they do and letting the right point and go, see, we told you, or are there tangible things that the right should have learned from 2020 or learned from 2018 or 2016 or learned from outside of political battles and actually in cultural battles that they, those lessons, there are lessons learned that they need to take with them. And what are those lessons? Well, absolutely. It's the lessons learned that are important. Look, you never interrupt your enemy while he's making a mistake, but it is a loser's game to count on your enemy to fail. All right. And that's, that's one of my beasts with the Republicans. They're looking at the next election going, oh, boy, the Democrats are really screwing up. Yeah, and that's good, and you, you have to leverage that, and you have to be flexible enough to take advantage of it. But, you, but, but optimally, you want people voting for you. And right now, the Republican Party is currently constituted, has not earned that. Now, we have learned. If you look, for example, at this dumb gun bill they had a, a, a couple weeks ago with John Cornyn and 14 of his friends, 15 Republicans joined in. And that was pretty infuriating. But it would have been 35, 10 years ago. We're winning slowly. We're learning. We're banishing the cruise ship conservatives. We're banishing the weak hearts. We understand the need to fight. 
and normal people are starting to wake up to the fact that they are hated and they are under attack by the liberal establishment. Talking to Kurt Schlichter, you can find his latest book, We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America, at Amazon.com or wherever fine books are, are, are sold. What is being back to you? Right, we, we, you and I have had many a conversation, many a cigar, many a a, a beer. We performed on stage uh, together in in this idea of, of fighting, and certainly we have a little bit different takes here and there in our in our presentation style and how we go about things. But but end result, we want to be in very much the same place. So, what does being back look like to you, and how does that get sold? to an America that might not be with you as a Republican or a conservative, but they sure as hell didn't want this Biden insanity progressive thing. That's not what they want. How do you describe it? Well, look, we understand what a a, a proper future looks like. We understand how to get there. Uh, We talk about crime. Well, Rudy Giuliani taught us how you fix crime. You put criminals in jail. And what what it looks like crime-wise is New York, in the late 90s and 2000s, where you could walk down the street. You and I, I, I recall, we, uh, we enjoyed a beer out on the street in New York. I'm not sure we could do that today. But we know what it looks like when it's right, and we know how to get there. Economically, we saw what Reagan did in a couple of years. We saw what Trump did in a couple of years. We know what right looks like, and we want to get back to that. But what, uh, what, what's currently happening is the Democrats, who are going so far left, are missing the paradigm. They, 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 they have jumped out their own Overton window. And normal people are starting to feel like the Demo- to, towards the Democrats like they felt towards Jimmy Carter. And remember, it was 12 years before Republican, uh, Democrats got another chance to be in the White House. And even then, it was Bill Clinton who, on things like crime and the economy, really embraced some, if not exactly, some of the basic principles of Republicans. So that's the kind of paradigm shift uh, where normal people say, look, we're not going to uh, we're not going to be insecure, either economically or in terms of uh, 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 criminal justice. Uh, we're going to demand that. And the Democrats are going to have to respond or they're going to go into exile and they're not going to stay in exile for long. The, the fact is we're a, a two party uh, country based on our constitution. Everyone always moves towards the middle towards the, uh, to getting 50% plus one. So Democrats have to moderate. They, they really can't continue uh, left wing forever uh, as left wing as they are forever. Though that left wing will always be out there. That left wing will always be out there. And I, I am not somebody who believes they have a capacity for moderation, but rather a moving and a, and a distancing, a relocating, I should say, of where the center is, which is something that the Republican Party has always been the worst at. The left moves where the center is, and they move that center further left, and therefore the right is is looked upon like they're more and more radical. Are there suggestions for how the right moves that center more in their direction, showing how out of touch the progressive left is. Well, I think that's why I, I, I think you put in a very good way, as is your want, uh, you you really expressed what I was talking about, which was a national consensus on basic issues like personal security, economic security, that moves the center back to a common sense place where we have prosperity and America is 
uh, powerful and uh, able to function coherently. I, 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 I think that I think you really put it in a good way. The Republicans are busy moving the center back. The left will always try and shift the center to give themselves power. But 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 when you can shift it one way, you can shift it the other. It's not a ratchet. Talking to Kurt Schlichter, the book will be back, The Fall and Rise of America. Now we get into where you probably meet the most of your criticism, and certainly people, uh, uh, including myself, meet this criticism. We're talking about, you know, we are conservatives. I, I, would, I would say this about the both of us, much more than being Republicans, uh, conservatives, but we align ourselves yeah. with the Republican Party when it comes uh, to elections. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean an alignment to a particular person, and in this case we're talking about former yep. President Trump. Is Will Be Back a conversation about Trumpism, or is Will Be Back a conversation about how to uh, engage policy? Well, look, first of all, I think Trumpism is a misnomer. I think Donald Trump was an avatar of a populist uh, conservative movement that predated him and will be around long after uh, he, he leaves the stage. Uh, I like Donald Trump. I think he was a great president. He did incredible things. He's certainly best president since uh, uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, he made some mistakes. I hope he learns from. Yet there is a large conversation, and we'll be back, the fall and rise of America at the end, about what we do in the short term and who the right guy is uh, for 2024. Because well, I, I, I do believe individuals are important, and I believe Trump was important because he embodied that ideology. I think the ideology is the most important thing, and we need to figure out who's the right person to carry it forward. Is it Donald Trump? Uh, is it Ron DeSantis? Is it someone else who is not Nikki Haley? Because it's not Nikki Haley. Um, the, you know, with Donald Trump, you know, I, 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 I want to see uh, a, a vigorous primary. I don't want a coronation. I want to vote for the best Republican to be our, our candidate in 2024. And that means Donald Trump's got questions to answer. Like, have you learned some, uh, you know, how to do personnel better? Because he famously did that poorly. On the other hand, uh, Ron DeSantis, I don't know anything about his foreign policy. I'm going to go speak at his convention this weekend. Maybe I'll learn something there. But I think the American people want to know, are you, you know, one of these uh, Ukrainian flag intervention guys? Are you a total isolationist? Do you have a more nuanced view? Where, where do you come down, um, you know, Governor DeSantis? And, uh, you know, people should criticize. People should challenge. And we should figure out who the best candidate is. Maybe it's Pompeo. Maybe it's Cotton. Uh, I just want a vigorous primary. And then I want the GOP base to decide. It's not going to be one of those, here's your Jim, here's your Jeb Bush. You'll take it and you'll like it. Yeah, well. No one, no one ever liked it. I'm just, no, I'm just saying no, for the no record. One liked that. that no one ever Please liked laugh. it. Uh, let me move over to um, your your latest article over at townhall.com. Something we have discussed. You and I have discussed on the show. I discuss uh, vigorously as we take a look. This is in in the uh, wake of a a series of reprimands for the U.S. Navy regarding the fire on the USS Bonhomme Richard, uh, a fire that didn't have to happen, that was they've argued was completely preventable, but a lot of ignorance took place to destroy 
uh, basically a warship and cost us billions of dollars and, of course, time in constructing new ships when we don't have enough ships at sea. So when you talk about the next Republican president must fix the military first, what do you mean? Well, first of all, uh, look, there's lots of problems in the military, but the most high value target, the most bang for the buck, the quickest way to put a win on the board is to fix military culture. The military being a hierarchical organization responds to the commander's intent. Right now, the commander's intent is to focus on wokeness, and they're getting that. You get what you look at. The, 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 old, the old saying is the uh, soldiers do what the commander checks. If he checks wokeness, you're going to have wokeness. If he checks combat readiness, you'll have that. By simply applying power as commander-in-chief, by commanding, by make it, by making your intent clear that we are not doing diversity, inclusion, and equity, we are doing combat readiness, combat readiness, and more combat readiness, uh, and ruthlessly weeding out people who are not meeting your intent, just like we do in battle. Because if you're not cutting it, in contact with the enemy okay it's like general you're out deputy you're in attacked that's how it works and that's how it needs to work with the next president very quickly he can make clear that he's going to fix the culture to a warrior ethos that is a huge fix right there then you can start looking at acquisitions then you can start looking at force structure strategy technology there are a lot of problems with our military we haven't won a major war in 30 years. And I remember being there when we won that war. I got to say, winning's better than losing. I highly recommend it. But we, <laughs> we, you know, we I mean, we, look, we have a bunch of generals. We, let me ask you a question. Who's the general who's been fired for incompetence? Well, not enough. Yeah, I can't name you one. I can name you some people who were let go a little early, kind of. But I want to see heads on pikes, because that sends a message. If you're not getting it done, next, and we will find the guys who get it done. Kurt Schlichter, that's his name. Uh, The book will be back, The Fall and Rise of America. You can find that at Amazon.com, where refined books are sold. Where are you speaking this weekend? I'm going down to uh, Fort Lauderdale to speak at, uh, well, participate in um, the uh, uh, Sunshine Summit for Ron DeSantis and the uh, Florida Republicans. Very excited to be down there. Should be lots of neat people. Uh, I will uh, be going from Sunshine of L.A. to the Sunshine of Florida. And uh, it'll, uh, it'll be a, a lot of fun. I think that's I think that's taking place at a, at a local casino. Are you you you, you putting it anything is, down on twenty three uh, rouge? I have a system for blackjack. Oh, is that right? Never fails. Never, oh, never yeah. fails. Never oh. fails. Never <laughs> fails. I have a system. I have a system, Tony. System. No, say it again. Say it again. It's a lot more believable when you keep saying system. I, I have a system. <laughs> a lot Kurt- of people will tell you to hit on a sixteen, but don't. Kurt Schlichter is his name. Get the book. We'll be back in the fall and rise of America at Amazon.com. Always a pleasure, man. We've got more coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So we keep taking a look at economic indicators. I'm going to try and get some more economic stuff in the, in the next hour. Uh, but there was this story...
from the Associated Press, right? We're seeing mortgage rates go up. We're we're seeing um, sales slow, right? Existing home sales sell, uh, fell 5.4% between um, June and May. But prices are still going up. Now, anecdotally, I'm seeing prices come down. I actually saw a house where I was like, I should make an offer on that house. It's it's actually too big for the need, but the layout was perfect. Beyond perfect for what I'm looking for, because I am looking for something just a touch bigger than what we have, and it would just be like, okay, this would work. Uh, studio Studios, plural, like I could do the whole thing. Uh, I could have everything on one floor. Fantastic. Yes. I mean, the, the house was already pending before I could turn around, but I also didn't know if I wanted to, you know, engage a 5.8% mortgage compared to what I have now, et cetera. Guest room for producer Ari. Uh, well, well, clearly, clearly, I did have a three-car garage. But it... <laughs> nice. The, the price was a price I would have paid three years ago. I didn't even know how it was that low. It didn't make any sense. I'm like, what was actually wrong with this thing? Haunted. Dude, challenge accepted. Because hey. I can smudge like a mother. I don't even know what that means. It sounds gross. Uh, smud- no, no. Smudging. It's, it's a way to get rid of the bad spirits. Look it up. All right. Look it up. It's, it's, I, think, I think it's it, Native American. It, it might mean um, two things. In, 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 dude. 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 Why do you got to be like that? You keep that up, you won't have a job here past Wednesday. That's a. This is Tony Katz today.